0: Hi, I'm Max Copeland, and this is the Up North Lowdown from Interlaken Public Radio. On this episode, we're tackling two big issues facing northern Michigan, childcare and housing. We'll pay a visit to a pie factory in Traverse City and hear how a lack of available child care can impact employers. But first, housing. Housing is getting way more expensive than it used to be. A lack of available spaces will continue to present a barrier for those hoping to move here, and higher prices will continue to force our neighbors out. We're pairing the data of housing in northern Michigan with the real stories of people under pressure. IPR's Michael Livingston brings us this story about a woman who's learning the hard way that living in Traverse City is not all it's cracked up to be.
1: Just standing by the door that scared me. Hi, come
2: on in. Meet Robin Harper. Robin. We're in her two-story apartment not too far from Cherry Capital yeah, no, Airport. She's got some chill music playing on her TV as she shows me around.
1: Upstairs is where my bedroom, spare bedroom, and the utility room is at. One bathroom up there, full bath, but unexciting. My old house, I had more square footage in my bathroom than these two combined, which is was hard to get used to.
2: Her old house was in Beulah, a countryside cabin she decided to sell in 2021 to try to take advantage of the inflamed market. But getting a new place closer to Traverse City where she works was not easy. She remembers that year as one of the most stressful times of her life. Robin works as a receptionist at a cancer clinic and her company provides its new employees with a list of available rentals in the area. But Robin remembers going through that list with her friends and laughing at what they saw. She actually still has a copy and flips through it at the kitchen table. What are some of the ones that stood out to you? Oh
1: gosh, I didn't even make it through the whole list. But they're exciting. I mean, there's some fun stuff in here. (laughs) A lot of them are seasonal. But here's a nice one-bedroom for how much? $2,000?
2: Robin's apartment was not on that list. She said she stumbled upon it in a Craigslist ad.
1: Found it maybe five days before I was supposed to be out of my house. (laughs) So (laughs) I was expecting to be putting my things into storage.
2: When she signed the lease, her rent was just under $1,000, nearly double her $500 mortgage payment, but something she could afford at the time. But since moving in, she says her rent has increased more than 20% in just two years. She pulls a little from her savings account each month, and she misses her old house in the countryside with every bill.
1: Lots of good memories, yes. You know, I'd, I'd come home from work and play out in the yard or sit on the back deck and have a cocktail or two, or bonfires. I have none of that
2: here. Stories like Robins are the reality of what experts say is a serious issue for northern Michigan's tourism-based economy. As rental prices continue to climb, service sector employees continue to be priced out. And according to the latest data from Housing North, nearly two-thirds of rental units in Traverse City have rents between $750 and $1,500. That's a higher number compared to the rest of Grand Traverse County, the rest of northern Michigan, Even the rest of the state. But many people simply can't afford those prices. Many experts say it's been that way since the 2008 recession. As far back as 2012, a report called the Grand Traverse County Housing Inventory and Strategy found regional families are spending huge chunks of their budgets on housing. Robin loves to cook, paint, and craft. She considers herself an introvert. And so she wants her own space to enjoy her privacy and make the occasional mess. And it's got to be affordable.
1: Before I think it's my last year here. I have no idea what's next. <laughs> Unless I find an invisible roommate with big fat pocketbook that can help me, <laughs> I just don't know.
2: So Robin either needs a big pay increase or she needs to find another place to live. But are either of those things even possible? I don't
1: see this problem being solved anytime soon given the system that we have.
2: That's Michael Broadway, a human geography researcher at Northern Michigan University. He mainly studies migration trends in the Upper Peninsula, but keeps an eye on state and national trends too. Housing data from Realtor.com say the average home price in Grand Traverse County has gone up nearly $100,000 in the past three years. Broadway says those prices likely aren't coming down anytime soon.
1: Back in the COVID pandemic, there was the perception that there was a shortage of red meat. So the price of, you know, steaks went up and ground beef went up and it eventually it it came down but housing costs don't appear to follow that same trajectory
2: michigan's minimum wage is scheduled to increase in 2024 but only from ten dollars and ten cents an hour to ten dollars and 33 cents per hour there's a fight to increase it even more in the state supreme court but even that effort is far below michigan's living wage the pay needed to support one person working full-time That's estimated to be $16.27 an hour. Broadway says until people make at least that much, there will be people like Robin who get priced out.
1: Some people will say, well, Robin, well, you you better go back to school and train to become a doctor, right? I mean, that's,
2: you can't tell that to people, can you? No, especially when the region is craving year-round workers people like Robin.
3: We need housing for everybody at a variety of price points so people like Robin can find something that is suitable and not feel so desperate.
2: That's Yarrow Brown, Executive Director of Housing North. Her organization advocates for housing solutions across a 10-county region. And she has some ideas.
4: Any way we can encourage uh, affordability that's locked in for a term is extremely important.
2: How do you make sure that rents can stay affordable? Well, one approach is tax credits that make it so developers don't have to pay taxes for a set amount of years in order to keep rents low there's even a new state law that makes it easier for cities to approve projects that offer rentals to people who earn too much to qualify for help but too little to afford rent the so-called missing middle in communities like garfield township just southwest of traverse city this payment in lieu of taxes planned was already granted to some developers brown says these incentives have a lot of promise especially in Traverse City's red-hot rental market. But rentals are only part of the puzzle. Experts say sustainable solutions to the housing crisis will take creativity.
3: It is doom and gloom right now. Uh, the numbers are really stark, and it is going to take some drastic changes, accepting of these tools and even units of government, you know, stepping into the space maybe where they haven't before.
2: Robin says those changes need to come fast. Her art supplies are still in boxes because she doesn't know where she'll be next year. She hopes housing discussions won't leave out people like her.
1: If There's a reality check to the world that there's more people like me that just have single incomes. You know, I don't have government funding from anywhere. I don't have a spouse giving me half the rent, you know, and I don't want a roommate. (laughs) So, you know, unless you can talk my employer into doubling my wages, or you know, giving me a severe increase, there's just, I mean, there's just no way.
2: She worries that if her rent goes up again, She'll need to find somewhere else to live. And she's not sure if Traverse City is worth fighting for. That
0: story from IPR's Michael Livingston. The Up North Lowdown returns in a moment. Hi, I'm Peter Payette, the executive director of IPR. Something I appreciate about public radio are the glimpses I get into the lives of my neighbors, windows I otherwise would not have. A memorable one for me this year was an astonishing moment shared by street performer Harold Kranick. Harold impersonates Charlie Chaplin, and years ago Chaplin's daughter Geraldine came to the Traverse City Film Festival and asked to meet him and see his act.
2: I don't know if she meant to say this or if she just kind of came out, but she then looked at me and took a step back again and said, Papa, I've missed you so much. Like I wanted to start crying, but having her say, Dad, I missed you. I missed you. And I'm like, okay, that's a good
0: sign
3: because I look like him. Good.
0: IPR brings your neighbors to life. You can support this work with a year-end gift. Use the donate button on our mobile app or at IPRnews.org. Thank you.
5: Getting bogged down by how much new music
2: there is out there? There's a lot. Consider a daily dose of the All Songs Considered podcast. It's the easiest way to get tuned into the music world. We spend hours combing through the new music universe, from emerging bands to time-tested icons, to bring you your next favorite artist. To get up on your music know-how, listen to All Songs Considered from NPR.
0: Welcome back to the Up North Lowdown. I'm Max Copeland. In the last episode, we heard about the struggles facing parents in northern Michigan when they're just trying to find someone to watch over their kids. In addition to availability and cost, the scheduling pressure can take a toll on parents' work. And employers can feel that too. A lack of affordable childcare can hurt recruitment and retention. And recent studies show it costs up to $2 billion a year in lost revenue across Michigan. So this week, IPR's Tyler Thompson tells us how businesses are facing the shortage of care here in northern Michigan, starting on a factory floor
3: in Traverse City. Step inside the Sara Lee Frozen Bakery and you'll see an industrial highway. Forklifts cruise through labeled corridors with crosswalks painted on the floor to keep workers safe. Everyone wears a hairnet, goggles, and for folks like me, a net for the beard. And it smells like fruits, sugar, tender loving care, as workers make cherry pies, pecan pies. Pie-oh-my, it never stops. Each is made in its own section of the building. Workers feed these doughy pastries through ovens and inspection lines. Large vats whip up pie fillings and icing. And they pump out 125 pies per minute, which takes a lot of people. Today we employ 500 individuals. Tony Chepkevich is the Human Resource Manager at Sierra Lee.
5: We operate across all three shifts, so uh, basically 24-7 somebody is going to be here. Our operations will run typically just five days a week. Sometimes we'll work on a Saturday, uh, very rarely on a Sunday. But there's always somebody here, even if it's just a security presence.
3: Before COVID, a majority of Sara Lee's workforce had a minimum of 10 years of experience or were close to retirement. But Chipkevich says that demographic has flipped.
5: Up to 80% would be brand new, meaning two years or less. Just naturally, many of these new employees are at a younger part of their life and things for them would be that go with that child care, whatever that is, you know, trying to buy a home.
3: And that brings child care issues into focus for Sarah Lee. If we can find a way to bring
5: child care options to our employee base, it will help our existing employees. It will help us keep our current employees. It will help us attract New employees.
3: A Michigan childcare study found that a third of workers experienced a disruption to employment that includes quitting or switching to part-time work or turning down promotions. This is mostly felt by women and those with lower income. At Sarah Lee, most of the younger workforce is on afternoon and midnight shifts, which comes with its own challenges. The national census shows that Michigan has an above-average number of manufacturing jobs.
5: Which presents another challenge if you think of daycare providers. They do not typically operate afternoons and midnights. That is not their business model. And so that presents another unique challenge if you're an employer and you're trying to find this care for your employees and you're a three-shift operators. If you don't create something like we're trying to create your options are very, very few.
3: Chipkevich says Sarah Lee is trying to open its own child care center in partnership with Teddy Bear Daycare, a preschool and child care program with three locations in Traverse City. The company wants to take a former quality lab in a cinder block building just steps away from the security office and make it into a care center.
5: We would build it back out into a daycare center that provides infant care up through and including, you know, kids as old as seven, eight, nine 10, whatever that age demographic is to support our employee base. So it would hold up to 30 uh, children at any given time. And those children or those spots in the center would all be reserved for our employees.
3: Hey, problem solved, right? No. It's too expensive for Sara Lee to pull off, even with help from a state grant. It could cost up to $600,000 to transform the building into a care center. And even partnering with Teddy Bear Daycare doesn't help the cost issue. Anna Fryer is multi-site director for Teddy Bear.
4: Thousands and thousands of dollars of architectural work, tens of thousands of dollars, encapsulation of whatever ground toxins they had, which that would have to happen ahead of time.
3: So as of now, things are on hold, but multi-site coordinator Molly Porter says that doesn't mean Teddy Bear Daycare will rule out pulling this off.
4: We have hope, and I know they do, but as of now, it it doesn't make sense.
3: And if there's money available in the future, Teddy Bear and Sarah Lee say that door could open again. And Sarah Lee is not the only company looking into this issue. Local, state, and federal studies found that companies want to help their employees with childcare needs. But the serious investment needed, coupled with what the actual solution is, can be tricky. Take a smaller company like TBA Credit Union in Traverse City. It's also looking for solutions. They're smaller than Sarah Lee. They employ about 70 people. Human Resource Director Abby Smith says they've only had a few people leave in the last few years due to childcare. Smith says there's some folks on staff juggling their schedules because they can't find child care.
4: Maybe mom and dad are working separate shifts, which means they're having decreased time as a family unit. That family dynamic is shifting, and that causes other stressors. That causes, you know, the employee's well-being to be at threat. So that's not a great situation.
3: In fact, it's a familiar experience for Smith. She remembers the day when her provider shut down for good in 2016.
4: We found out. I remember, you know, driving on the way home that night, calling other centers. We had about a month's notice of no Mm. care. So then I was able to get into another center and that's where we had our second child and we were there and then that center closed.
3: And that closure was also on short notice. Smith was able to tour a third location and by the end, I literally cried and hugged her
4: (laughs) because when that is integral to you getting to work and getting to provide for your family, or especially if you love the work that you do, and it gives you the opportunity to do that.
3: Different employers will want to approach the issue differently, but Smith says all of them feel the squeeze that child care issues put on one of their main assets, the people who make their businesses work.
0: Tyler Thompson reporting. This story is part of an IPR news series called A Crisis of Care. You can find all the stories, along with pictures and more to read, at iprnews.org. Next week on The Lowdown, we'll hear about how the crisis is affecting those who actually provide child care. All right, let's find out what else is news in Michigan this week. A decision this week by the Colorado Supreme Court that former President Donald Trump is not eligible to appear on that state's ballot could help make the case for a similar effort here in Michigan. The group Free Speech for People argues that Trump is not eligible to run under the insurrection clause of the U.S. Constitution. That's because of his role in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The group's attorney says the Colorado arguments are very similar to what the group is arguing here in Michigan. The Trump campaign called the Colorado decision, quote, completely flawed. That ruling is likely to appear before the U.S. Supreme Court, But the Michigan case is now before our very own Supreme Court. The organization that accredits healthcare organizations and programs says Munson Healthcare is a leading place to get treatment for strokes. Officials from Munson announced that the system was named the first ever comprehensive stroke center in Northern Michigan. That means Munson has the people and equipment to treat any type of stroke case. There are just over 200 hospitals in the country with that same designation, 12 of which are located in Michigan. A referendum campaign is targeting a Michigan law allowing courts to temporarily keep guns from those deemed a threat to themselves or others. This week, supporters of the referendum got permission to start circulating petitions. Putting the referendum on the ballot would give voters the chance to nullify Michigan's Extreme Risk Protection Order Act. The petition will need more than 200,000 signatures before voters weigh in. Thousands of acres of land was set aside for the Keweenaw Bay Indian community under two treaties in the 1800s but much of it was then given to the state of Michigan for construction of the Sault Ste. Marie Canal. Now, under a bill passed by the U.S. Senate, the tribe will get reparations for the illegally transferred land. That's it for the Up North Lowdown this week. We had contributions from Michael Livingston and Tyler Thompson. I'm Max Copeland. I also produced the Lowdown. Additional editing support comes from Ed Ronco. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. Before we go, Today is Festivus.
1: Happy Festivus. It's Festivus. When George was growing up,
3: no. his father it's nothing. it's nothing. It's a stupid holiday my father invented. It, it, it doesn't exist.
2: Happy Festivus, Georgie.
0: No. When I was a kid, my family would watch Seinfeld religiously. And in the 90s TV sitcom, George Costanza's father Frank created the secular holiday Festivus because he was fed up with the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas.
3: Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son.
1: I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way! The
0: cynical holiday is celebrated by gathering your family members around the table and telling them all the ways they've wronged you in the past year.
1: The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people! Now, You're going to hear about it.
0: And of course, an undecorated aluminum pole in lieu of an evergreen. I find tinsel distracting. (laughs) But what I didn't know is that Festivus is actually based on a real family tradition from Dan O'Keefe, one of the writers on the show. His father created the secular holiday, which shared many of the traditions seen in the Seinfeld version, like the airing of grievances and the feats of strength. You can learn more about the origins of Festivus in Dan O'Keefe's book the real Festivus, the true story behind America's favorite made-up holiday, or you can watch the Seinfeld version in season nine, episode 10, called The Strike. No matter what you're celebrating this time of year, I hope you don't get too much grief. It's a Festivus miracle! (laughs) Happy holidays from all of us here at IPR.
3: A Festivus for the rest of us!
5: (laughs) Celtic music has inspired numerous video game scores. This week, we'll explore a variety of Celtic game music through the sounds of whistles and fiddles, pipes, harps, and even traditional Gaelic singing. I'm Keith Brown, inviting you to join me for a celebration of Celtic music this week on Gameplay.
2: You can stream full episodes of Gameplay on demand and view playlists at GameplayShow.org.